Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Two Fit Podcast, hosted by the Two Fit guys, Jake and Josh. Now, Two Fit, by definition, is actively pursuing a state of health and well being beyond perceived limitations. So, if you're looking to push the boundaries of performance mentally, physically, and everywhere in between, then you have come to the right place. On the Two Fit Podcast, we will be interviewing and having fireside chats with renowned experts from doctors and strength and conditioning coaches to athletes and entrepreneurs. Our goal is to extract tools and tricks of the trade that you can implement, whether you're a world-class athlete, weekend warrior, entrepreneur, or grinding out the eight to five, all in order to assist you on your journey to becoming Two Fit. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Two Fit Podcast. I hope this week's going well for you. Well, I'm excited to introduce our guest for this episode. His name is Dr. Alvin Brown. Basically, what I need you to know about him is that he's got more letters behind his name than he does in his name. I mean, the guy's legit. And you're going to know that right off the bat as soon as we get going here. So Alvin, he's the CEO and founder of the Center for Healing and Peak Performance. Basically, what it does there, I'd sum it up as an art. He's able to connect what he calls the triad of mind, body, and soul. And by doing so for his clients, this allows Alvin and his team to bring out the absolute best in them in all three of those areas. He's expanded upon this concept in his book called Journey to Personal Greatness, Mind, Body, and Soul. And there he gives you a blueprint for basically how to balance life, totally optimize your performance in every aspect of life. And now I'm only about halfway through with the book myself. But I'm already planning on reading it over again just because it's rich and usable content. And honestly, every time I put it down, I'm a little more motivated about my life in general and doing everything with my complete and best effort. So on this episode, I'm going to go ahead and warn you right now, it's going to be a bit of a teaser. We could talk with Alvin for hours upon hours on the topics we cover in here. And those include general overall health, nutrition, your gut biome, how and why to detox, and much more, obviously. But by the time we're done, you'll have no doubts as to why we sought after Alvin for our own advisory board, and you'll be left wanting to hear more from this guy. So it's our pleasure to bring him to you now. I'm going to go ahead and get out of your hair and let the learning begin. Enjoy. All right, Dr. Alvin Brown, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Yeah, we've been excited about this interview for a while, so glad to finally have you on. Absolutely. Well, Alvin, um, why don't we give the folks out there just a little bit of your quick background? Uh, I'm sure they can tell by the accent that you are from the beaches of Jamaica. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Long, long way back, but uh, yeah, you got it. That's where the beginnings, the beginnings, it set my future up being there. Yeah, so background. Um, born Kingston, Jamaica, youngest of five, single mother. In the in the sixties, so you can imagine what that would have been like, you know, sixties single mother, uh, you know, I even know how she did it because you know I'm I'm a I'm a hardworking man now with four kids and uh, I find it you know it's it's a work to get them all through. So I can't imagine how she did it with five and being a single woman in the sixties. So yeah. So anyways, she somehow um, we moved around quite a lot while we were down there. And then uh, in this, what, about 77, she's, again, 
somehow uh, moved us to move myself and her and my brother and sister stayed in Jamaica. We, we, she moved myself and her to right up to Canada. And I tell you, that was an adjustment coming here. You know, you're coming from uh, hot, sunny weather to cold and we came in the winter. So, you know, it was all like, it was weird, man. It was magical, but scary at the same time because, you know, you're seeing this white fluffy stuff coming down and, uh, yeah, you know, and getting used to the culture shift and, and it wasn't, we're, we're very diverse today in Canada, but it wasn't that way in the seventies. So, you know, you had to adjust to all of that too. So it was a huge adjustment. And then two years later, my my brothers and sisters uh, joined us in '79, and and the rest was history. You know, we kind of bounced around, struggled a little bit. Uh, again, you can imagine. Now we got five of us in, in Canada. My mom worked as a housekeeper, and that was about the uh, length of the money. You know, we had. To, I love that quote where it says we had we had too much month left at the end of the money. You know, <laughs> so. Right. You know, so it was uh, it was it was kind of tough, but uh, somehow we made it through. Um, We stuck together as a family and, you know, we had a lot of laughter. I got to say that got us through, you know, Um, a lot of our furnishings. um, I didn't put this in the book, but, you know, you can expand on that. But a lot of my furnishings were you'll uh, something somebody throw a a nice piece out and we'd uh, we go pick it up later on when nobody was there, you know, kind of thing, furnish our home. And that's how we got through, man. And then, you know, at about 14 years old, I left home because I just, I just sick and tired of having it that way um, all the time. And I said, you know, we're going to move again. We got kicked out of one place and we're on the road again to move to a different um, housing, government housing. And I said, that's it, man. You know, all, all through my head, um, I kept thinking, you know what? I was meant for more than this, man. I was, this is not my reality. You know, uh, where that kept theme kept ringing in my head, you know, so I left home, knocked around for a bit. Uh, also, I started taking on sports. First thing I started was high school wrestling because it was the cheapest. You know, all you need was a singlet. You didn't need much for that. And from there, it led me to martial arts. And I got my black belt in Taekwondo and sports for me set me up for the future because it gave me the, the look, the the discipline I needed, the the mentor, the discipline, the teamwork, the focus, the drive. It gave me all of that that I wouldn't have got any other way because, you know, no mentor at home. My mom was busy working. So sports really helped me out. That's why I believe in it. And then from there, I went on to boxing and you know, and dance. When I met my wife, I started to dance. I met her in high school. She danced, and I thought, I'd, you know, I used the excuse that I wanted to work on my footwork, so I joined dance. What what kind of dancing are we talking about? And we're talking ballet. We're talking tap. We're talking jazz. Oh, man. You know, Off yeah. Off the deep end. Off the deep end, buddy. <laughs> but let me tell you, it wasn't a bad thing. I was the only guy in the class, so. Yeah, well, I remember. Just, uh, give that. I remember as a kid, they used to tell me that a bunch of NFL players were taking ballet and whatnot to work on their footwork, too. I don't know if that was true or not. Yeah, bingo, exactly, exactly. I think Herschel Walker, too, did really? it? Really? Yeah, I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Chris Carter action, huh? Exactly, right? Bruce Lee did it, you know, so I looked for all those excuses to do it. But, you know, one thing led to the next, and, you know, like I said, it set me up. Every experience set me up for what I got going on today, you know? So it's all good. Now, Alvin, not to uh, take you off path there, but I did have a question kind of arise and I think I meant to ask you this a while back when we met 
I know you said you had that burning mindset, but what gave you that? I mean, cause at the age of 14, I mean, it sounds that's, that's quite the leap of faith, kind of walk away and do your own thing. Yeah, that's a really great question. And, and that one is left up for debate. I'm trying to figure that one out too, because I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's nurturing. I, I you know, my thought process goes towards, uh, maybe I had that love for my mom and she, and my mom is like extremely, for all of us, she's extremely supportive. So I, I just, I guess I was led to believe nothing was impossible. So, and you know, when you're faced, when you face homelessness and a lot of, and a lot of, you know, crime and you don't, you're not as scared about failure because, you know, what, what are you going to lose? What are you going to do? You're going to go broke again? And so what? I already been there. I know what that's like. So it's no big deal. So my ego and my pride was a check. So I would I would say that's the thing is knowing that if you've been there already, if you've been there and done that, what what can go wrong? You know? Right. Kind of along the same lines, you just always had that feeling of you were you were meant for more. Yeah. Do you feel like have you have you found your purpose? Have you found your your more, what you're what you're meant for? Are you along that path now? You know, I would say so. I would definitely say so because you know what I I ask myself this is a burning question every day. I, I I'm constantly evolving and reiterating and and looking asking myself am I there and continuing to have the courage to evolve and reiterate and grow. I if I feel many times we can get stuck in the comfort zone and I find that it takes a lot of courage to break out of that comfort zone and try something new and and evolve into more of the person who you are because you know as human beings we're constantly evolving man we never we're never going to stay the same as we are last year you know if you are then you know i don't know it's going to lead to going to lead to some frustration for me anyways sure you know so yeah so i say yes i am uh, this i wrote a book and i'll talk about that later but i wrote a book and as i was saying to to the to the guys earlier that book I wrote that book. I created the book, but now the book is creating me. So it's it's facilitating my growth, man. You know. So I keep. Um, I've, I've just realized that the book is called Journey to Personal Greatness, Mind, Body, and Soul. And I realized after introspection that uh, I have been on the path to searching for my greatness, whatever that is, you know. And I keep evolving. So and I and I love helping people find theirs. So that's so yeah. I'm on my path. That's great. Yeah, we're definitely going to dive into that book here in a little bit. Um, we'll obviously put a link to it in the show notes so everybody can check it out because it has some amazing nuggets in there. Um, we'll give you a few tidbits later. Alvin, what took you from this kind of boxing, wrestling dancer uh, into the field of sports medicine where you right. currently are now? Yeah, well, it's a natural, again, a natural, one of those epiphanies, you know, I was my goal was to make it to the Olympics. And I, I wanted to make it either in uh, boxing or taekwondo, which is the martial arts I did. And as I was getting older, I had I think I had my son on the way, and things weren't going exactly what I wanted to go. And I thought, you know, I was in Cuba doing a boxing exchange program with the Cuban boxers, and I saw someone working with somebody. And at that time, I was a personal trainer, so I knew I kind of wanted to stay in the field of health and wellness. So I saw when the I saw the trainer working with the boxers, I thought, hmm, that's something that I could could do. It really looks interesting. And so when I got back, 
I didn't have any money. We, you know, my wife and I together made about 20 grand a year. So I didn't know how I was going to go on to school. But as serendipity would have it, it, uh, it just so happened that my friend, ironically, was passing by. The week I was gone, he was passing by a school and he stopped in and grabbed a brochure. And for some apparent reason, who knows why, he grabbed a brochure. As I was talking to him about seeing this guy, he says, here, take this. I don't know why I got it, but here it is. And it was all the information I needed, and I was in. And once I was in, I was voracious. I just took the same passion for sports, and I took it over into my education, and the rest is history, man. I just kept adding everything else to it, and I just ate it up. 20 years later, I've got a couple degrees in this and that, and I've added a whole bunch of courses, the list goes on, so and I keep evolving. What's what's your day to day like right now? Tell people about about your center for center for healing and and uh, peak performance because I think that's kind of at the center of what you're doing now. So yeah, the center for healing. I'm the CEO and founder of the center for healing and peak performance here, and that the clinic itself is an evolution. Um, I started off simply wanting to help people get in shape, and it was a very simple idea I had. But as people came in. I kept realizing that, you know what, I'm not, I'm only helping one part of them. And so I wanted to add pieces to the, the parts because, you know, you when you walk into my clinic and you have a chronic injury, acute injury, it's not just about the muscle you injured. It's about the joints. It's about the fascia. It's about everything else. And then there's a mindset around that injury that we have to deal with. So, you know, we when we focus on mind, body, and soul, that's what we're talking about is is can we help you on all levels? Because when you're injured, chronic or acute, it's it's on all levels, especially athletics, you know, and peak performance. So how how do you break down that mindset and kind of break down those walls that people come in with, say it's just low back pain, but really, uh, you know, they got stress going on at home, maybe they're going through a divorce, you know, whatever else. How do you how do you get them to realize that it's much more than just the back pain and that there's a, a mind, body, soul connection to it all? You know what? Here's the thing about this. Everybody, everybody, deny it or not, everybody realizes that my pain is more than just the pain. Everybody has that intuition, but they just, you know, they've been told it's weird, it's kind of voodoo, so they don't believe it. But once you can open them up and realize that, hey, you know what? When you're under stress, guess what happens? You go into fight or flight. Your your muscles tense up. Things don't work as, you know, symmetrically. Uh, Blood flow is reduced. There's so many things that happen physiologically that it's hard not to deny it. It's science, you know. And so when you're under stress, you're not as, that's why athletes who are most relaxed do so well, you know, because everything flows better. So it's, so once somebody comes in and they've had this problem repetitively, and and then you can tie it to, oh, you're, you know, I, I've noticed that with a lot of businessmen who come in, they, they're going through some heavy business stresses and their back goes out every single time. And so it's not very hard for you to now show them this correlation. And so eventually they get it. And, you know, once you start doing the weird stuff, you get known for the weird stuff and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all good because, you know, I have people come in who resist me, but I said, hey, haven't you tried everything? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's try the weird stuff. Right. So they're in, you know. So it's good. Yeah, I've been having um <laughs> some some real like lower back and and kind of hip flexor pain here lately. So now I can just 
blame this on on two fit and all the stress this is causing yeah, my life exactly you got it exactly the launch is coming that's so right you got actually it. i really i did want to ask you kind of about that because i've been i have been dealing with this for for quite some time and actually before we met in denver i was doing mm-hmm. some front front squatting that week before mm-hmm. and that's when it really went out on me and i've had this like a uh, pelvic obliquity for a while yeah yep for people out there who don't know what that is it's basically your your pelvis is rotated to one side or the other and it makes it seem as though one leg is shorter than the other. And so mm-hmm. you yeah. kind of walk around with this imbalance. And so I got a really yeah. super tight, like left hip flexor and everything. Even talking with uh, one of our sports medicine docs there in Denver, Dr. Crisp, he told me that I might've like bulged a disc, but I mean, I've been, I've been dealing with this for, for probably over a year or more now. Is there anything that just corrective exercises or anything to even like, you know, cure it permanently that, uh, that people can do if they're suffering from the same thing. Well, I want you to think, I want you to think out of the box a little bit. So if you have, if you have a tight flexor, what's opposing it? The, the hamstrings or the glutes. What if you have a weak glutes and it's, it's, and it's not giving the hip flexor the opposition it needs to stay balanced because, you know, think of the body like a tent if you have some wires tied down, keeping each side in, in balanced equilibrium, and I cut one side, what's going to happen to the other side? It's going to be pulling over more. So you almost have to step out of the box and go stop looking at your flexors, and then let's go look at your lower back and glutes and see if we can get those fired up. See if uh, your stride length, even on from side to side, are you are you striding you know less on one side versus the other? Uh, you know, like because unconsciously gait. Gait is an unconscious thing we do. So if you get a short stride length, you're going to walk yourself right back after you get adjusted again. So we've got to look at your stride length. We've got to look at your glutes. Are they firing? And if it's a disc, how's your tailbone, your sacrum? Is it in the right posture, position? Because, again, disc is an end result of – it's a symptom. The discal herniation is a symptom, not the cause. And so we've got to go back and look at your structure and function. And, you know, so it's, it's a real deep – level dive you have to take if it's a chronic issue you have to go dive deep and uh take a bigger look bigger picture look yeah that's great if only the rest of medicine could kind of see it that way instead of giving me a a heel insert and tell me yeah that's uh, that's all they can do for me again external i mean there's nothing wrong with heel inserts but you gotta do them at the right time and for the right reason alvin would you recommend um like some art or active release therapy on something like that you know what? Here, here's here's the one thing I would say is what I would recommend is a really smart person who knows how to apply it. And I'm not saying I'm I'm you know the I corral smartness, but what you need is someone who learned the technique and then now can apply it to the right time. So any technique can work if the reason for doing it is right. So if I step back and it's all about the diagnosis. And the 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 tool that you use is is part of the is a small percentage, but it's the diagnosis, the right diagnosis. So ART, yes, it'll work great. Who's applying it? It'll work even better. Uh, you know, if that thought process is going, what what should I ART? Should I ART your hip flexors, or should I, you know, stimulate your gastrox and cause that to cause the hamstrings to fire? Maybe you know, maybe it's a short leg. Maybe it's a spinal rotation that issue and not to confuse the issue it's stepping back and taking a look at the big picture get a forty thousand foot view watch you walk and see how you're unconsciously moving your body and what's left over you know and then then you can really if you, if anyone out there has a chronic issue any of your listeners 
has a chronic issue, move away from the symptoms. Start thinking about, you know, questioning someone on gait. How can you look at me? Can you watch me walk? Do you watch me walk? Do you, you know, and, and get a big picture look at things. Sure. That's what we need to focus on. Yeah, and I think for people out there that aren't that familiar familiar with ART because it's not, it's really not that discussed, I don't feel. Um, basically, imagine you were lifting a barbell and your right side was continually feeling stronger. You, you may have an asymmetry, but you also may have just some impingement that you don't even know about. Uh, it's causing certain muscle group not to fire. And I've yeah. uh, read many instances where people have some ART therapy and their strength massively increases um, exactly. uh, without even lifting between those sessions, just going from uh, pre-RT to post-ART. And yeah, so something to look into for sure. Exactly. And again, it's about knowing where to apply those techniques and, and why, because we can all learn techniques, but it's where and why to apply. They're all powerful. They're all super powerful techniques. And Alvin, I actually saw a video of you on YouTube um, Mm-hmm. applying, I, I believe you were applying ART to a bodybuilder. I couldn't recognize who it was because, uh, folks, Alvin works with a lot of the, the big bodybuilders out there, um, and has for some time. And it was four thirty in the morning and <laughs> yeah. the guy that you were applying pressure to, uh, I'm going to quote him as saying, I live for this shit. And uh, yeah. you, you were digging furiously into his hamstring and glute. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. And that big guy was Jay Cutler. That was Jay Cutler. Okay. That was Jay Cutler. Five time Mr. O. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, sometimes you do have to to get in there and especially that thick muscle. You know, there's different layers and sometimes you have to get in there and just give her. Well, we're on this topic of the body. You give four kind of habits for greatness. You call them greatness habits in the physical part of your book, Journey to Personal Greatness. I think those are just super applicable and something that people can really extract from you and apply to their lives. We can kind of dive into those and, and extract some good stuff out of there. Yeah, the, the the powerful why, develop a powerful why. You know, a lot of times when people get to the gym, for instance, let's use the gym since we're talking about fitness. A lot of times why people quit, you know, that old phenomenon of the three-week window everybody has after New Year's Eve. Right. You know, the, the, those who go regularly don't stay away from the gym in the first three weeks of Jen because, you know, it's going to be parking lots going to be full. You're going to have no, you know, have no cardio machines. You can have no weights. But come February, you're you can bowl in the gym. Right. And a lot of people do that because they don't have a why, a really deep reason why uh, it comes down to finding out why you go into the gym. Like, is it and, and you know, you can't go to the classic classic reasons like you find on the internet, you know, I'm doing it for my kids and I want to live longer. That sounds nice, but a lot of, that doesn't drive a lot of people, you know. what You got to go for what your why. Like for me, I'm competitive. So I have kids and I could say, oh, it's for my kids. It sounds like a nice sound bite, but really I'm, I'm just competitive. So I, I that's why I go and work out. So you got to find your drive and what drives you. Maybe it's pride. That's okay too. Maybe it's ego, and that's fine. Whatever drives you, you just got to find your why, why you go to the gym. So the second one I got in there is being consistent. I mean, yeah, who, you know, like a business, how long does it take to be overnight success? 20 years? Everything's like that. You know, working out, you may not see any change for three months, 
right? Just like, again, you go to anything, you go to saving money, the real savings start in the last 20 years, you start seeing your money accrue, you know, anything. So it's being consistent is, and that's coming from your why, you know, you got to, you got to keep going when all the accolades are, when people aren't giving you the, you know, the accolades or the attention, you got to keep going. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, that's all about getting to the gym and you got to be, do and have. If you, know, if you, if you become the person like you want to become, it makes it a lot easier. So fake it, get up, put your clothes on, go to the gym for 15 minutes. Even if you just go walk around the block you know, for 15 minutes, you, once you get out there, you're like, oh, this is good. I can get going, right? So faking it till you make it. You know, number four I got here is the KISS principle. Keep it simple. You ever go to the gym? I'm sure you guys have seen it. Someone, they've never hit the gym before in ages. Like they haven't been in there. They don't even know what it looks like. They first enter the gym and you get to see them on the ball or the, the you know, the the rebounder and they're doing these fancy one-legged push-ups with the <laughs> bar in the hand or they're they're doing a you know one-legged t- topple turn with a i mean really let's just get in there and walk on the treadmill and then you know some push-ups some sit-ups get in the gym and take it slow and keep it simple and then you can get into the fancy stuff you know where you see you saw the guy with the kettlebell and he's got one leg up and he's doing an arabesque while he's spinning and turning i mean don't start there Right, make it simple. Get in the gym. Get your half hour in. Your twenty minutes. You you know whatever it is. Don't talk too much because you know when you think about the gym, you got to think about in and out, in and out. So you know it doesn't become a burden. Keep it simple. And Alvin, um, like to lead that into a section of your book with the chemical essence, diving into the nutrition side of that. So yeah, touching on the physical going to the uh, yeah. more internal. But I, I kind of wanted to open that with, you have a part in here in that section of the book, and I think sums it up ver- very well for probably how 99% plus of uh, society views food. It says here, when we eat, we tend to be driven by the yearnings of the stomach and the taste buds, for yeah. foregoing all the signs and symptoms associated with the foods we ingest. The real mm-hmm. goal of eating is to unlock the power trapped in our foods. And I I think that is so well put because I think we just, it's so easy to forget in our society and especially in the countries we live in where food is so readily available, we forget that food is fuel Yes, and that everything we eat has an effect on not just our stomach and our energy levels, but our minds. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a great book out called The Second Brain. And there's a lot of research now showing how much serotonin, 90%, 80 to 90% is formed in the gut. Uh, and then melatonin also formed in the gut. You know, and if you think about it, what are the, some of the things people struggle with today? They struggle with sleep issues and stress and mental issues. You know, just, just being depression and and SAD, you know, uh, seasonal affective, you know, so there's a lot of correlation with that and the foods we're eating. And today's food supply, we don't want to get into that, but it's not what it used to be. Let's put it that way. When we think about food, you and I were going out, the first thing we ask each other is, so what do you feel like eating? When you're coming from a feeling, emotional part, depending on the mood you're in, you're going to eat junk. 
most likely. You're not going to say, I feel like some salad. and Well, sometimes you might. But the average person would go to, you know what, let's go have a pizza, let's go have a burger, you know, so, or some cakes or some donuts or some, you know, it's usually what you feel like. You want to ask yourself, what would fuel my body? Because the questions you ask yourself, your brains will find the answer for. So if you're asking yourself, what would fuel my body right now so I can get through my day, I don't have that three o'clock, put my head on the desk and fall asleep kind of reaction. So it's all about eating for switching your mindset, not eating just for the tongue. Because once it passes your tongue, it's gone. And now it starts to have its reaction. That that kind of brings up something. I actually saw another YouTube video that the center put out on uh, detoxification. It's kind of a trendy subject nowadays. And yeah. a lot of people are doing these these juice cleanses, which is really just filling them with a bunch of sugar without the fiber in it. Just kind of go over, I mean, why? One, why should we detox? You know, how does how does somebody actually go about it? Well, you know, detox, why? If you think about from the moment we start eating, we never give the stomach or the body a break. We kept dumping things in, and that, that, that cost of the food we eat, and as you can see in North America, the overweight, the, the obesity is rising. And you think about all the, all the leftover foodstuffs in someone's gut that are in there and never get a break. We never give our stomach, gallbladder, liver, uh, pancreas. It's just con- consistently dumping food in your system or hormones in your system. Who, what, pro- what machinery works consistently burning out and never gets a break? No tune-ups, no anything. So uh, detox programs are great for tune-ups are great for helping this on a cellular level to have everything reboot. Um, and even just, you know, getting started on a detox is just take one day a week where you, you slow down. Not as much heavy meats and fats where the, the body's constantly dumping in. And what you're going to notice, you have, a, you have a ton more energy for one. And two, you just, on the mitochondria on a cellular level starts to, function better, giving you more energy. And it's just a, you know, every other country in the East has some kind of a cleansing, has some kind of a lighter day, but we just believe in supersizing it Mm -hmm. and dumping it in, you know? So it's a great way to just step back. It's almost like why we need a mental detox at times to just reboot. You know, why do you take vacations? Yeah. Alvin, the, uh, what, what are just a couple of things that people can easily implement? They may think, oh my gosh, I don't want to do a, a two week cleanse where I take 20 fiber pills a day and I'm on the yeah. toilet for three hours, you know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Cause I think, exactly. I think that's what a lot of people might think of when they hear detox and, um, yeah. you know, the, the detox in a box type thing. You know, I know for me personally, I, I implemented quite a long time ago. Just uh, when I wake up, I'll do a little warm water with some apple cider vinegar and mm-hmm. lemon. Yep. Great. And it feels great. It's, are there any things that I can definitely recommend that to people out there to try before mm-hmm. your morning coffee or whatever, whatever you drink? But exactly. is there anything that you would recommend that they can do kind of on a weekly basis or if they're if they are in need of a, a, a deeper level of cleansing? Yeah, I would say just like a think about it like a vacation. It, it, who works 52 weeks a year? Not many of us. You know, at least you get Sundays off, you know, or something. Um, imagine working 365 days a year at a heavy rate. I'm talking heavy, not even a day off. 
And so I would suggest even keep it simple. Take one day a week, your least strenuous day, their least strenuous day. Take that day and do liquids, uh, juicing. Um, like you say, lemon is great, that, that hot water and lemon juice. Get the liver stimulated, the gallbladder. And take one day and just do smoothies and, and give, just think about it as giving your stomach a break, giving your stomach a day off, one day to recoup a week, a month. You take your pick, even once a year, for goodness sakes. Just be, and you'll notice how clarity in your mind, you'll notice less bonking throughout the day. You'd think at first, when I first thought of doing this, I thought, I, man, I'll never survive. I'm like 200 pounds and active and I'll never survive. But geez, I had more energy. I had more, my mind was stimulated because it wasn't busy dealing with all this this activity. And I slept better too. Now, real quick, would you recommend juicing with or without pulp? Because I know that like just blood sugar issues. Do you have any recommendation on that? Yeah, I would uh, recommend it without, without the pulp in. Yeah, without the pulp in. So if you get that, uh, I have an omega juicer. Not that I'm recommending it, but I actually have to update my juicer. But I started with that, and it cleans the pulp out. And then you can use the pulp for anything else you want, making uh, carrot cakes, muffins, and you know, so on. So awesome. Yeah. Well, we might just have to call this Dr. Alvin Brown Part One because we hey. know you gotta you gotta go. Some of us actually have to work around here, but uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, before before we let you go, um, maybe just what's what's three things that somebody can do just to start living a healthier life? Uh, the first thing I would say, let's start with the mind. Turn off a lot of the radio. Turn off a lot of the, the CNN, constant negative news. Um, you know, start to get a mind fast where you, how about this? Start your day thinking your own thoughts. What do you want to have in your day instead of letting somebody else think for you? Uh, you know, getting up on all the latest news, it's great, but what difference are you making by knowing it all and so forth? So take a day of fast or start your morning off thinking your own thoughts. That's the first thing. Start with the mindset um, and getting a clear picture of what you want. What's your intention for the day? So that's first. Number two is start with some, again, go out for a five-minute walk, 10-minute walk. And I say five or 10 because no one's going to do that. But if you think about it, like not starting huge, start small, get out and be active. Choose the, I usually start with mornings because I'm a busy guy and I want to make sure I check it off my list nice and early and, you know, the rest of the day can happen. So start with uh, a physical activity that you can do and end your day. Again, I love journaling myself. Um, Jim Rohn, a a great philosopher and speaker, said, you know, you got to get, don't get through your day, get from your day. So I find reflecting, stepping back and saying, you know, did I, did I live the life I wanted to live today? Or did I do the things I wanted to do to make this day? Because every day that you do something well is creating your future, you know. So it's almost like athletes. Athletes focus on that practice. If they do that practice well, you know, it's stepping back and taking control of your life, basically. So those are my three, you know, is to reiterate that is, Again, focus on what you want, what's your intention, get active, and finish your day with a little bit of reflection, what you want from life. That's great advice. We know everybody will appreciate that. And So yeah, Alvin, thanks for being on the show. Great stuff in there. And everybody, please check out the book. You will not be disappointed. Journey to Personal Greatness, Mind, Body, and Soul by Dr. Alvin Brown. Where uh, where else can people find you? 
Um, well, you can find me on the website, www.journeytopersonalgreatness.com or my clinic name, www.tchpp.com. Tom, Charlie, Harry, Peter, Peter.com. And it's uh, broken down to Center for Healing and Peak Performance. So, and, and, you know, on there you can connect with me. I'm starting an online coaching program and lots of, you know, there's some YouTube links and so forth. And i am got my podcast going too which I'm going to have to get the fit guys, two fit <laughs> guys on there. And, uh, you know, all is good. Awesome, man. We appreciate having you on, Alvin. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Right. You got it, man. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Two Fit Podcast. This episode is brought to you by 2Fit USA, the sports nutrition company owned and operated by the 2Fit guys. To show our appreciation for you tuning into the podcast, we would like to give you a 10% off your entire order at 2FitUSA.com. All of our products are sugar-free, paleo-friendly, gluten-free, non-GMO, and a whole list of other buzzwords. So hop on over to 2FitUSA.com. Don't forget to use your promo code FIT. One, that's F-I-T-1 at checkout. We highly value and appreciate your feedback, so please leave a review about the products and the podcast at our website, 2FitUSA.com, under the podcast and products pages. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Now, if we happen to read your review during one of our podcasts, you'll receive a one-month free subscription of all 2Fit products. So write something noteworthy. If not, we probably won't read it anyway. So go leave a review, listen to the next episode, and till next time.